Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Thanks for covering off last week. Yeah, no worries. It, it was one of those awkward moments where I asked Crofton to be on, and he thought he was he was guesting on episode 500, which was like, I don't know, a little, little what's the word? It was a little Months they, ago? Yeah. <laughs> Those are the words. Uh, yes, no, it was uh, it was episode 510. I had to correct him. He decided to stick around and finish out the episode, even though he was clearly upset. Very about disappointed. It. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, we we, we had a, a good conversation uh, about you know some vacation switch games and Elden Ring and and uh, even though it was a week ago, I'm struggling to remember. Even though at a click of a button, I could tell what we talked about by from our notes. But. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, we've had some guests on lately that have uh, had some insight into Elden Ring when either you or I couldn't be there because I know that's one big gaping hole in our spring gaming <laughs> knowledge because neither one of us has really dug into it. So I'm glad that uh, we got a little bit out of Bo and then a little bit out of Crofton. So that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and now I remember I, I watched the Halo show. So, yeah, you you missed uh, you missed you missed that fun conversation of 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 the Halos. So uh, we'll likely get back to that one once once it wraps up. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you've watched the Halo, but it's it's a uh, it's a Halo TV show, Jocelyn. <laughs> I was like the fact that you're not like, oh, my God, it's the most amazing thing ever makes me think I, I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> I you know, it's funny. Does it? Does it have to be the most amazing thing ever? I think because it's Halo. Well, it doesn't have to, but Ryan, considering how big of a Halo fan you are, you have a tone right now that is not very exciting <laughs> for me as not a big Halo fan. I think, so I have watched the second episode, and since we're on the topic, like I, I have watched the second episode. I think for me, what makes it so compelling is that it is it is very much set in the Halo world, but it's not telling the the exact story that we know so it is kind of exciting that they are they are charting a new timeline it's still hitting the same beats of like the covenant are here they're mysterious um because <laughs> that's, that's every halo story exactly oh, the covenant are here oh it's the grunts again oh! <laughs> we haven't seen a grunt yet we've only seen the elites which is uh and i guess the um what a departure i know <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm now who has now who has attitude no yeah. you're, you're totally you're totally right i think like what makes this show worth checking out is if you are a halo fan um they they nail the the look and feel of halo and they have the the traditional video game characters that are there you have you have uh, dr halsley you have the master chief of course you have uh the keys so like there are there are those characters that pop up. You're going to get to know those characters in a new timeline telling a I think the story beats are the same in the sense that like the Covenant are bad. Everyone wants to get to Halo. It's a weapon. It's it's not super great if people use it. So I I, I think like I, thought you were, I didn't think you were going to say if people use it. It's, just, it's a weapon. It's not super great. Yeah. Like, why does everyone want it? No, well, I mean, I I guess like it it does wipe out all all life form in the galaxy. So it it is a very very powerful weapon. Um, but it's used to combat the flood. The flood have not been introduced yet, but like th this is the Halo story from like what 20 years ago so it's it's not really a spoiler but i think the show again it just portrays the halo universe in in the best uh in the best sort of format that we've seen from a tv show or any sort of 
non-video game medium for Halo. So like it works. It's it is. But I do I am I going to sit here and say, yeah, it's super fun. It's like it's not fun. It's a it's a Halo show. Like it's weird. Um, I think it was it's almost it's almost like it's it took them too long. Is, is that kind of like the right way to describe it? Like, I feel like if this was released, you know, with this amount of budget, with this kind of tone and the scripting, like maybe 15 years ago, we would be a little more excited. But because it's mm. been 20 years, it's like, yeah, they did it. They, they finally made that Halo show that they said they were going to make, you know? Well, and, uh, yeah, I think there's probably some of that. Like, it's all about managing your expectations, right? And and also the hype level just around Halo in general, like you said, would have been a lot higher 10, 15 years ago. Um, and I think that there's also, like, 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't this crazy flood of content. Like, I think, uh, like, we're not necessarily burnt out on content, but there's a lot of competition right now in mm. basically any genre because there's so many different streaming services. So you've got, you know, like your well, and I think Halo's on Paramount Plus, right? Which yeah. is a relative newcomer to the space. But you've got your Disney Plus stuff with all their Marvel content and all their Star Wars content. You've got Netflix. You've got um, like, well, it's it's Crave up here, but HBO, you know, like everybody's kind of making these same I guess you could call them medium to large budget TV shows, um, usually with a lot of acting talent and, and you know, like people you've seen in movies before and stuff like there didn't. I feel like there didn't even used to be that much crossover between like TV actors and movie actors like you were one or the other. Mm-hmm. And if you had a TV actor crossing over to movies, they were usually like straight to VHS. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah there there are some obviously that made the jump but the vast majority did not and i feel like there's just a lot more fluidity between the mediums now than there used to be so i think it's just it's released in a time where everyone's releasing something so the standards are a little bit higher maybe and the hype is not as high as it would have been 10 years ago like 10 years ago no one else was making content like that and people were hyped about halo mm-hmm. they don't have either one of those advantages anymore so yeah no it, it's a really good point i i think uh i i had the conversation maybe offline with uh someone i was talking to about you know it was likely with lou about the walking dead you know the walking dead used to be this you know water cooler you know check in on yeah. twitter the next day or even as the show is running um talking about what's going on in the show and oh yeah tweeting about it and like yeah mm-hmm. talking to people and yeah interacting watch parties with yep. the internet were a big thing <laughs> i remember we there was a big moment in the walking dead uh it might have been the return of season seven which was the the big cliffhanger with uh with negan okay so walking dead is 12 years old now y- yeah which i did not realize i just looked at what was the first episode date and it was halloween 2010 <laughs> <laughs> that is insane oh, dear. <laughs> uh it's just one of those things where like i remember you know wanting to see it and i remember oh my in-laws they weirdly pay for every single channel and they might not watch it like just in case they can't find they weren't even your in-laws at that point no they weren't <laughs> and <laughs> i remember uh i remember like oh if we're gonna go visit and we didn't have kids so we could leave the house to go watch the walking dead at, at our at our in-laws if we wanted to at, at nine o'clock at night and i remember going and they had like a sign like oh out front like you know no amc for unless you pay 15 bucks or something cheesy like they didn't even have the channel they didn't even bother to look they just thought it'd be funny to to put the sign up but but we don't 
not everything needs to be that. And I'm, and I am personally fine with that. I remember like, uh, some of the early Marvel shows, you don't even get that anymore. Like I didn't have to mute Moon Knight. I just watched it a couple days after it released and I was fine with that. But I remember with Mandalorian, you had to mute Mandalorian, like, uh, WandaVision. I had to mute it on Twitter. Like Mm -hmm. those, not everything needs to be that. I don't want everything to be that. I just feel like Halo isn't that. I'm fine with that. I like Halo. I like the TV show. It's an enjoyable experience for Halo fans. Is it going to, you know, um, win people over who may have been subjected to all four Halo games in the span of a couple months by their co-host? Likely not. <laughs> I don't think it is. Uh, and that's fine. Who could that be? That I, seems like a very specific answer. <laughs> it's a super specific example that has nothing to, to do with you or I. It's totally fine. Um, but no, like, I, I think if you were to watch the first 20 minutes, you'd get a good idea of what that show is going to be. And it's like, it's very much Halo. So it'd just be like if they made a Legend of Zelda television show, um, it would be it would it would be Legend of Zelda and that would be fine. I I, I don't know if that show would would become a Twitter water cooler thing either. Right. It'd just be a Zelda show. Maybe that's a bad example. Maybe that would be. But I just feel like it, not all not everything has to be that. And I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So do you want to talk about some video games yeah, now we that should. we've spent like 10 minutes talking about some TV shows? <laughs> At least they were relevant TV shows. They are video game TV shows. But are you ready to talk about video games, period? Yes, just video games. There's no movie tie in. There's no uh, release imminent uh, in theaters. Uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, let's talk about video games. There are kind of Zelda parallels, though. With the first game we're going to talk about. That's true. <laughs> There's a little bit of a segue there, maybe. Uh, so you and I both played a little bit of Tunic. So this came out um, a couple weeks ago now, I think. What, three weeks ago? Yeah, I think it was mid-March, March 18th-ish. Yeah. So what are your initial thoughts on Tunic? I'm going to let you go first because I feel like my thoughts are a little bit of a downer. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like we need some Ryan positivity first. <laughs> well, okay. Um so Tunic, uh, I'm playing it on Xbox Game Pass. Surprise, surprise. Uh, it, it is available there. <laughs> so you want to know what I did? <laughs> did you buy it? I bought it and then returned it and then got it on Game Pass. Okay. Well, then that's something. <laughs> At least you did that. Oh, man. I swear, That's just the way I purchase things now is I just see them on Steam. I go, oh, yes, please. And then I go, wait a minute. I should have checked Game Pass. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's- and then I checked Game Pass first for Tiny Tina's and it wasn't on there. And I was like, the first time I check you first, Game Pass, and you let me down. That's the problem. And and for me, like, I'm I'm so far ahead of the game with Game Pass that I'm looking at, like, Ghostwire Tokyo or, or Deathloop is, a, is another example from last year. It's like, I know this is going to be on Game Pass eventually because it's a Microsoft-owned studio, so I'm going to mm-hmm. wait the six months. <laughs> like, I've, I've gone, like, so far into that realm that I'm like, I don't need to play this right now. I'm happy to play it, you know, down the road when the exclusivity window's up. But, um, like, I'm that much in the ecosystem. Uh, I, I think if those games really spoke to me, I would have I would have exited the game pass conversation and would have been fine buying day one but um happy to wait but but with tunic uh this is a game that has been in development for many years uh i think it's uh i think last time we talked about i i learned it's developed out of uh halifax canada so it's a canadian game um it feels you know we talk about it feeling like zelda it's very much you know using that link to the past sort of 
style and feel of like a isometric Zelda game, um, you know, open world sort of, you know, what do they, what do they call it? Like, it's not open world. It's like a, it's like a hub world with like little areas off to the side, like mini dungeons and stuff. Well, it almost reminded me of that, um, death door that we played. Yes. Yeah. Actually very close to death door, um, in similar fashion to sort of a comparison to like, uh, like Fez, like it's got this, it doesn't have these like, oh, you got to go here next. You know, it's got more of like a vague sort of head in this direction for something you may need to do. It's There's a lot of discovery to it. You're going to be wanting to take notes because there's no real like, there's no like objective screen. It's just you pick up a thing and you have no idea what it does. It's just like, I don't know, maybe you'll use it later. Like some of them literally have question marks on the items because you, you just don't know what they do. Yeah, or... Thing that like I mean I thought my computer was malfunctioning or something because yeah. they have like the um the unknown language or something and I was just like ugh, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> yeah yes they do have the they've created their own sort of scripted language for the game um, and it will translate I think as you find these manual as pieces. you find more things yeah then all of a sudden you can start to read read more which I got eventually after finding three or four pages i was like oh, okay i kind of get it now mm-hmm. um but yeah i was just like i think i think the problem was i wasn't in the mood for it when i played it and this is very much you have to be in the mood for it because it doesn't hold your hand at all and that can be a good thing but like i was sitting down before an episode of gamers in and i just wanted to get a couple hours in and I felt like directionless, which is not something that I personally like in a game. It just literally starts you off in the map. And it just like, there's like you said, no objectives, no nothing. It's just like explore. And I know that there's some people that really like that in a game. But I mean, we talked about this actually about Elden Ring as well. I like some sort of big story reason. I don't necessarily have to be like the savior, but I like there to be some sort of storyline, some sort of lore that's kind of like driving the events forward. So if you just like plot me on a platform and I can just never move and nothing changes, then I'm just kind of like, meh, (laughs) I don't care about this then. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't make me care, which sucks. No, it, and I agree with you. I am, I am very much uh, a gamer that that likes to know what's going on. Like I, I really do want to kind of know what's going on. And I think this game has a sprinkling of it. It's not so. It like it's kind of like Elden Ring from what I've heard, and that it is very like there's a sprinkling. Like you kind of know what's going on. You know you you know you need to move forward. You need to progress. But like we're not necessarily going. I mean, I don't know with Elden but Ring. But why? But, but why? <laughs> I think in Tunic, like you wake up on the beach, and everything's super cute. You're a fox, and you're just running around. You know, you don't even have a weapon. I think you pick up a stick. Yeah, you, you find use a stick. You use that stick to kind of like hit your hit enemies. And I progress. Like the games, the 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 games look and feel. I really love the look of it. It's like a again, very much reminds me of like what Fez would be if they made it 3D um, and very cartoony and kept that cartoony look. So I like the look of it, but I think where I've struggled, not just with the story, is with the combat. Um, I'm not a very, I'm not very patient 
I, uh, I, I really hit walls when my health sort of pool is low. Um, and in this game, like you can, you, you're going to take a couple hits. You're going to be overwhelmed with enemies. And if you're not dodging, you're not attacking correctly, you're going to be overwhelmed and, and you're going to die and you're going to have to start from the last checkpoint. Well, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that that happened to because I had the same sort of thing happen and I wasn't, again, because they don't hold your hand, they don't explain anything. I wasn't sure where my last checkpoint was and I had done some like just random running around the map and it ended up the last one I passed was like way back at the beginning. And so I died because I kind of came around a corner and then there were like two normal dudes and then one dude that was the same but bigger in a different color so like an elite enemy and i got overwhelmed and died and then was sent like right back to the beginning of the game and i was like well, this sucks <laughs> and then i had to run for five minutes just to get back to where i was and then i died again and i was like man this is not for me tonight right now <laughs> yeah and and it is you're, you're absolutely right it's a game that you have to be in the right mindset to play yeah and, you need the right headspace for yeah. sure and you you need to just be in a space where like you're you you are being curious you are being inquisitive you're, you're going to try things multiple times you're going to go down a path and then suddenly be surrounded by five giant spiders and and promptly die and then because you don't know how to encounter you don't know how to deal with that encounter you've never fought that enemy before and and it's and it is like this trial and error um, there is the sort of Dark Souls approach where when you die, you drop your coins and then um, the coins are used in, in various secret shops that you find along the way. They're not like, hey, you know, in Zelda, it was like every town has a shop. In this, it's mm -hmm. like the shop is like this mysterious door in a windmill uh, in the first sort of area there. So, but you, when, you, when you die, you lose your coins and you have to go back and pick them up. It is a one-button pickup, but if you died surrounded by four spiders, you you might be, you might only have enough health to run you in and pick up luck, your yeah. gold. So it's it, it, like you have to you have to be sort of willing to deal with that stuff, especially if you're like me and you're just not great at the combat. Well, the other thing that I, I didn't necessarily like is that they the enemies didn't have any kind of leash. Like you could never outrun them. Or at least they always caught up to me and killed me before they got turned around. And it felt like I was going like way far from where I had originally encountered them. And they just kept coming, which also means that like once you start an encounter, there's no way to not have it. <laughs> so then you're just kind of like corpse running your gold back further <laughs> until you can get out of their aggro range. Yeah. Which, yeah, is just, again, one of those mechanics I don't necessarily love. Yeah, it. It's one of those things where uh, where I'm where I'm having a lot of fun with it is when you get to like a puzzle area where it becomes a very Zelda like game um, where you are uh, even when you're doing boss fights. I really I like Death's Door. I didn't mind the boss fights, even if you're trying them multiple times, because, again, the save point is usually right outside the boss fight and you're going in. And uh, I think I fought. I've only fought one boss. I'm not very far, but I've I've kind of uh, in the first area they want you to kind of ring the eastern and western bells. I've I've rang the eastern bell. I fought one boss there. I'm heading over towards the western side, but like the boss was fine. Like once I kind of got the hang of it, I was able to defeat it. But like another issue I have with it, it, it goes back to that whole like you know you have to discover it all for yourself. Like they you do eventually find a map. Um, but the map is very much one of those 
here's the whole here's the whole area it's detailed enough that you can kind of look at the screen and figure out where you are and where you need to go but it's not it's not like the assassin's creed type map where it's basically just google maps for the area like <laughs> right <laughs> it is very much like a like a zoomed out approach uh it, it honestly it, it is a straight out um sort of homage to those classic maps i, I can picture the link to the past map in the the manual and i think it was like a poster you could unfold and, and i had mm-hmm. it in in my uh in the game room we had uh, at, at the house where i grew up and it's probably actually it's probably not there anymore because i think my parents turned it into a guest room but like it was there for a while like it was there for at least 20 years and i'd see it every time i went home to visit and and i so i have that map burned into my brain and when i see the world map in tunic again like it is it is making these connections to these games we loved, but it is also like bringing in this like huge sense of discovery. And if you're not into that, if you're not, you're not like, if you're like me and you have, okay, I have a, or like you said, a half hour to an hour to play, it's really hard to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to spend half of this hour. I've got just figure it out what the hell to do. Um, or even just brute forcing your way through like, well, I need to get to the, so right now I'm trying to get to the Western bell tower I have no idea how to get there. I look at the maps like, well, that looks like a pathway, but no, this led into like this laser room and I'm just getting shot with lasers. So it's not this way, right? Because I'm getting shot with lasers. Um, <laughs> so I, there's stuff like that where you're going to hit walls. And I think for for a lot of people who love these type of games, like hitting those walls and then discovering the solution is, is part of the fun. And, and I right there with you, but... I just haven't been able to 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 break through this current wall. I I, I am going to keep playing on and off, but like I think it's also one of those games where you kind of have to keep pushing because if you lose that footing, it's going to be really tough to go back. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I'm probably going to give it another shot when I kind of have some time to sit and focus on it, and I'm not necessarily pushing for some sort of like deadline, like recording the show <laughs> um because yeah it just uh i got really really upset <laughs> at it <laughs> very quickly yeah <laughs> to the point that, like matt came down and went oh what's that or like, oh it's a stupid game i don't even know why i'm playing it oh it's the worst <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I've, I've walked myself back from that point <laughs> but it's uh yeah I, I needed i was in the wrong headspace for sure for playing it yeah, I, I think like if you you would do enjoy like if you if you heard the conversation of Death's Door and you're looking some for something that is much, much closer to, you know, a link to the past and stuff like that. But sort of a combination of, you know, the discovery of Fez. I think Fez did a really good job of like having that discovery, but also not having you constantly stuck. And like, I could be remembering wrong, but I feel like Fez at least had, you know, those intros to games where they just give you like two or three lines and it's just like you wake up in a weird, dark place and you have an odd feeling and you know you need to blah, you know, like it's one of those super vague, like two, three line sentence things at the beginning of a game where like it's barely an explanation but it's just something it's just a breadcrumb to get you going um like and i again i could be totally remembering wrong but i feel like fez had that it did because <laughs> i yeah. loved fez i really liked fez <laughs> yeah fez had that um tunic does not have that it's very much you're dropped in the world yeah you're just dropped and then nothing happens i thought it was a menu or a loading screen or something <laughs> 
Yeah, I think if you get a little bit further in Fez, you do go through this like door at the end of the first area. And again, this is not going to help. This is, you're going to be like, Ryan, that doesn't help at all. But you do like walk into this like space world and there's this like taller female fox that's stuck in this like weird rainbow crystal. And she's like trying <laughs> to get out. I'm vaguely remembering this now. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm I'm assuming that it's our quest to 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 help her get out of that weird rainbow crystal but i don't know it's, she i don't know maybe she just exists there and she likes it i I would love to live in a rainbow crystal i mean maybe she was just doing like the mime thing where you pretend to be in a box she's not actually upset she's just like doing the whole mime box thing but no like i don't know it, and but again like that doesn't ruin the whole game like it's it's not a it, but again like if you need that carrot on the stick and uh, it, it could be tough but i I maybe think not a whole carrot, maybe just a little slice. <laughs> yeah, just just a carrot slice, like something you, yeah. you're you're making like a just attempt me like a veggie Tease medley. Me a little, yeah, yeah. Okay, get me interested. Come on, Tunic, <laughs> get me interested. I think it, it again, like I think it's the sense of discovery. It's it's the arts, the, the art style for me. Like it, I I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but it is something that I haven't been able to go back to since originally sort of checking it out. So. Um, but yeah, it's on game pass. I think it's one of those games that you could, you could boot up and, and see if that sense of discovery in this world and these characters and the combat, if it hooks you, I feel like you're going to really love this game. But if, if it doesn't hook you in the first like couple hours, like it is a game that you might just have to put down. Like it, it it's not for everyone. I think <laughs> those would be the options, Ryan. Yes. Yeah. If you love it, keep playing it. If you don't, don't. <laughs> well, I don't know. There are some people like me who are just like, no, I have to finish this. I, yeah. That, well, I, that is true. You are a crazy completionist in that way. <laughs> I don't do that as much anymore. I've gotten a lot better at, you have at kids. that. That's the thing that happened. That's, <laughs> yes. It's not. It's no discipline on your end. No. It's a it's total just... and utter lack of time. <laughs> basically yeah and and needing yeah. to play other games like i i do like the idea of tunic i just i don't know if i I like you said i don't know if i'm gonna have the time to 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 get through it it's not it's not hooking me as much as i i hoped it would you know yeah yep i think that's fair you know what did hook me and i was not expecting it at all i'll give you a clue there's a butt stallion <laughs> uh yeah like uh so wait there's a there's a there's a butt stallion is that what you said butt stallion butts stallion. it's a unicorn made of diamond oh i thought you were gonna say a unicorn made of butts but that makes that doesn't make <laughs> no the name it's is just, it's tiny tina's wonderlands and um, i will say i knew absolutely nothing about this game going in other than it had a totally ridiculous looked stupid fun right up my alley in both humor and aesthetics uh, trailer. But I mean, I didn't know anything about it at all. And it turns out Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is her and a couple of other people from Borderlands and a lot of characters from Borderlands make kind of like cameo appearances because she's running a and d game. Oh, yes. There was DLC for Borderlands 2, I think. Yeah, apparently I totally missed this because I was never super huge into Borderlands. Um, I think I played two, but not DLC, and I started three, but didn't get very far. I think I came closest to finishing a, a, a Borderlands 2 of all of the Borderlands games. Um, but yeah, I don't even think I ever actually finished, like, fully finished one. And I was only kind of 
in it and playing it because everybody else was playing it. And I feel like that's why I didn't finish three is because I kept jumping into different groups of friends at different points in the plot. <laughs> and so I never kind of ever made my way to the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did see, I think it was Nicole Spag was tweeting about it and how it was a, a DLC that they kind of expanded into its own game. And uh, yeah, so I had no idea what it was, um, but it won the poll for what I was going to play on my Friday night streams. And so I was planning on playing Ghostwire Tokyo, but then everyone was like, no, you have to play Tiny Gina. And I was like, okay, fine. So I played it and it, okay, it's a Borderlands game, like 100%. It's a shoot and loot fiesta. And I am not good at shooters, <laughs> but I am really, really, really enjoying this one. I don't know what it is. The only thing I don't like is the thing that everyone really loves about these games. And it's the same sort of thing with Diablo is like when everything you kill drops 10 pieces of loot. It's just like, oh, my God, the inventory management. And how do I actually figure out what is actually best for all my gear slots? Because there are like five weapon slots and then you have like your armor and then you've got like a magical shield thing. You've got a couple of rings. You've got a your magical spell because you can only equip one like magic spell at a time. And that's a lot of stuff to go through. Oh, and then you have like a melee weapon. Um, so yeah, there's like there's just so much to kind of like balance. And then so every time you pick something up, you have to decide if it's equipable or not. And I noticed way longer into the game than I care to mention that when you hover over something on the ground, it pops up a tooltip thing that tells you what you're holding. So you can be like, or well, that tells you like how much better or worse it is than what you're currently equipped in that slot. So you can pretty quickly at a glance tell if it's going to be something you want to equip or not. But uh, yeah, that whole inventory management piece, I'm just like, this is not my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember it being... Like, that was the problem with the Borderlands games. It's like, oh, we have millions of gun combinations. And it's like, well, that's great, but also terrible when you go to try to equip one of them because um, you might have, like, 30 guns. Yeah, and that 100% carries through into Tiny Tina. So if you didn't like it in Borderlands, it's all there in this game as well. Um, it's basically just a Borderlands game with a different skin on it. Now, I love the skin that they've put on it. I think it's really cool. And there's this really interesting kind of like um, overworld like map thing that you do. So the overworld is like the D&D board. So you've got a little character that looks like a bobblehead and you're running around on this on this like you're way too big for it map <laughs> sort of thing. And uh, if you go through the grass, it's like Pokemon with the random encounters in the long grass. And that will kind of like port you down into your first person shooter um, combat encounter. But um, yeah, like when you're doing that, there's a lot of like, um, not necessarily platforming puzzles, but just like you have to go through different areas and, and solve different things in order to open up new areas. It's stuff like that. Um, and then you can actually go into like the, the levels, if you want to call them that. And they all have like different themes that take place in different spots. And the story, because it doesn't have to be tied to any reality other than Tiny Tina's, the story is ridiculous. And Ryan, I don't want to spoil it for you if you ever plan on playing this game, which I actually think you should because it's really, really fun. But 
there is a point that I know you will appreciate because you're standing, you, you basically go on this quest to recruit this bard and they're supposed to bless a thing. And then you're standing there and they're like singing their song and they start to get too excited. And then all of a sudden he goes, I cast magic missiles. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who are unaware, Ryan and I did a D&D thing like way back in the day, probably like seven or eight years ago now. Um, and we only played about... <laughs> three sessions maybe four and in one of those sessions ryan cast magic missiles and killed me oh yeah i do I something do equally catastrophic happens in tiny tina's wonderland okay and it was magic missiles and it was just fucking ridiculous which i feel like is just a description of this game it's just fucking ridiculous but in like the best most glittery way possible it is right up my alley, like aesthetics wise, color schemes, like sense of humor. Like it would be if I were to DM a D&D game, this is what it would be. Sweet. <laughs> I feel like uh, so this is a so Borderlands I enjoyed. Um, the humor wasn't necessarily like uh, I wasn't 100 percent on it, but I wasn't also like, oh, you know, that this is. I was kind of like middle, like 50 to 60% oh, like fine. with. I feel you know. like the humor of Tiny Tina's, it's still similar to Borderlands, but it's like, uh, I don't even want to say less crude because it is still crude. Like there are still like fart and butt jokes and whatever, mm -hmm. but like, I don't know. It's just a, like, I like it a little bit better. Like it's not that far off, but it's just far off enough that it's like, in my vein instead of like too far because i'm totally with you like some of the border i feel like borderlands almost was like south park mm -hmm. it's like there are some episodes of south park that i find so hilarious i lose my mind but then there's other episodes and i'm just like man you missed the mark like this is terrible and that's how i felt with borderlands humor is like some of the stuff that they did was really fucking funny and then I turned the next corner and I was like, oh, no, no, God, why? <laughs> and yeah, there's not as many like, oh, why moments in Tiny Dina's. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if it's more along the lines of like Borderlands was the Borderlands humor. But then you take the Borderlands humor and apply it to this like Dungeons and Dragons style feel. And maybe that's what makes the humor more... Uh, not, I don't want to like just more up my alley. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's basically like it's all the same mechanics as Borderlands, but instead of a sci-fi like skin, it has mm. a fantasy skin. That's that's basically the difference. Yeah, that sounds really good. I, I think it's one of those games where I was interested in it when it was announced, and I think the only thing that was kind of holding me back was the fact that uh, I did pay to play Borderlands Three right at launch. And I enjoyed it, but like you, I kind of was, uh, I, I think I just got left in the dust <laughs> by, mm -hmm. I think everyone I was playing with got left in the dust by, by a certain player. Um, and <laughs> it was, uh, it was just one of those moments where I, I just know I, I didn't catch up. Other people might've, I, I might be just making excuses and I was the problem. Well, I mean, so the thing is like, it does have a, it does have a story mm -hmm. and I'm fairly certain it has like some big end game grindy thing. 
Um, but it does have a story. And so I've been kind of like playing through, I, I've only played solo. I haven't played with anybody because I always get uh, worried, I guess, <laughs> when it's a, it's a story game. And it's probably because of Borderlands 3, where, like I say, I kept jumping in and joining other people's games that were at totally different spots. And it felt like I played the same thing. There was like one part of Borderlands 3 where there was like an icy lake and then like a, a like wooden structure thing. And I think I played that section of Borderlands 3 about 10 times. Because <laughs> like we play through that section and that would be long enough to, to like be a session. And then I'd go play with somebody else and they'd be just getting there. I was like, OK, I've done this. But I swear to God, I did it 10 times. <laughs> and then I just kind of went, OK, I'm done. So, yeah, um, I, I'm playing through solo for that reason but i think that there's still a reason to keep playing it after the story is done and that might be really fun to do with friends so because i know um bo's playing it and, and a couple of other people like i mentioned nicole spag she's she's playing it as well and you know like there's there's a lot of people i think who are really enjoying this right now though they're probably way for i played this for probably like i want to say like 20 hours i played it for like two straight solid days the first weekend i got it um, and then I started to really feel poorly. And uh, so I couldn't like I was <laughs> basically just sleeping. Um, but yeah, like I, I played a ton of it right out the gate and and had a really, really good time. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I don't like getting pulled ahead in games that have story. Like I like to go at my own pace and I like to read the quest text, which drives people nuts. <laughs> well, I mean it's a it's a D D game. You should be should be reading the yeah! quest text. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, so are you playing so I know uh, I had seen some of the conversations pop up on Twitter. So there is cross play for multiplayer. Yes. Um, yes. although I think they're having they might be having some technical issues at this stage, but I it, I believe it'll get ironed out. Like I think um the Borderlands franchise has always been really good at addressing the multiplayer technical issues that they've had. And, and usually they're ironed out a, a couple weeks after launch, but um, are you playing on PC or PlayStation? Uh, PlayStation. I like my PC. It, it does. Okay. Um, but I, I feel like for the newer games, like, I mean, I've got both systems now, the, the PS five and the Xbox. So it kind of feels silly to, play stuff on my PC, mm -hmm. which is a few years old now. And and also it lets me stream it because now I've actually figured out how to how to do that whole stream from the console with my overlay and everything else. So it means I can stream at like 1080 60, but the load is on the console, not on the computer. So, yeah, it makes it uh, a lot nicer of a stream experience. But yeah, I've been picking them up on console. That makes perfect sense. I think like I... I was having this conversation with myself as well about video games. Like, oh, I, you know, I kind of do like play. Like, what games, if I wanted to play more PC games, like, what games would I need to play on PC? And, like, for me, there's not a lot of them. Um, they're they're usually available on the next-gen systems, and you're totally right if you have um, a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, which are getting easier to buy, at least on the Xbox side. Um yeah, I think that, uh, like, is there really, like, there are a few, don't get me wrong. I think one that popped up was, I was looking at Game Pass if I wanted to play more PC games, like Total Total Warhammer 3 or whatever. And, I mean, I know, like, a lot of Blizzard games as well are, are PC only, but it's just there's not that many experiences outside of 
maybe you want to use mouse and keyboard over controller, but I mean, for Borderlands, which is not a competitive shooter, it's a cooperative shooter, playing with a controller is totally fine, I think. Yeah, the only thing that I think would be easier is my kind of one gripe with the game, which is that inventory management. And if I could click around with a mouse and keyboard, it'd probably be way faster than uh, than using the, the controller. But it, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. And like I say, once I realized that you could kind of get the stats just by hovering over it, then things started to get a lot quicker. And I And I have gotten better at the combat. I would also say that like, like you said, with the with Borderlands, you know, kind of saying, oh, we've got a million combinations of guns. Um, that's also a thing I don't love about Tiny is like, I'll have a weapon that shoots really well and that I really like the feel of. But then it's a pretty low item level for my current level. And then I'll find another one that's in the same category, like, say, a pistol and uh, like. I I pick it up and then it shoots totally differently than the thing that I replaced. And I'm just like, oh man. (laughs) So I kind of wish that like all pistols and all assault, and I know that there's probably some Borderlands purists that are screaming at me right now in their homes. But uh, I, I really wish that there was like, some consistency in what the weapons feel like. (laughs) And, and maybe I just haven't figured out like, the short form and the naming convention or something like that, that'll, that'll guide me down the right path. If there is a certain style that I like, um, so that I don't accidentally replace something with something I'm not going to like, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of combinations and there's times I've replaced stuff and then gone, Oh man, I can't shoot with this at all. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. That was the one thing I, I was really not like, I'm always about seeing that the bump in stats and anytime I'm like, Oh, I accidentally replaced you know, the, uh, I'm thinking destiny, but like the scout rifle, I really like, you know, a little bit of zoom, but not sniper. Um, Not crazy. Yeah. Not crazy. Yeah. And then you replace it with like a grenade launcher. It's like, well, great. Like that completely changes (laughs) up my whole play style. Um, the, the one question that popped into my head and we, I had texted you about this and it, if you watch this trailer, it's like, it's, it's not necessarily like an, is it like an elder scroll setup where like, I know with, um, Borderlands, it was always about your your abilities always fed back to the guns. Like, it was always shooting something. Um, sometimes there were defensive and offensive skills, but for the most part, it was all about the gunplay. Does Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland sort of introduce more of the fantasy style of, like, you know, uh, magic spells and, and, and stuff like that, or are you always just coming back to the guns? Well, you do have... A magic spell. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are different like styles of magic spells. So like some of them are channeled. Some of them are like centered on you and then an AOE around you. Some of them are like instant casts, those kind of things. Um, But magic and, and you can make your character more magic focused, but you're always or at least at the level that I'm currently at. I think I'm around like level 20, maybe a little bit higher. Um, and I don't think I've unlocked all of my slots for everything yet. I think I still have a couple of slots. I've unlocked all my weapon slots, but not all of my, I think they're armor, but maybe there's another spell slot there. Um, but yeah, so far you can only have one spell equipped at a time. Mm. And so like, I'm trying to remember, I think at one point I had like a summon so I could like summon a Hydra to attack my enemy which actually helped me get through one boss fight because you had to constantly like line of sight. And I was like, but my Hydra could just go out and keep attacking it while I was line of sighting it. So I kind of cheesed it that way. Um, 
but I've also had like channely fiery casts that just do a whole ton of damage, but you can't move. But then it's like you're just doing the same thing over and over. So I was just constantly resummoning my hydra, resummoning my hydra, or you know, blasting him with ice or something. Um, so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of variety in terms of an individual build. Like you can equip five guns and a melee weapon at a time, and you can cycle through all five of those guns like on the fly and also hit with your melee weapon. So, you know, there's there's definitely way more um, complexity when it comes to your gun build, but that doesn't mean that you don't do magic. It's kind of like an ultimate, maybe, <laughs> if you want to think of it like that. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so it's not necessarily, yeah, so that makes sense. I it's, think It is an, still very gun-centric, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, that wasn't necessarily the problem I had with with Borderlands, I think it was just I'd played enough of that, and I I didn't the story didn't necessarily have me wanting to to completely see it through. But like, is the story interesting enough that it's that it's pulling you through, or is it more like the comedic stuff that's like, oh, I can't wait to to kind of see what weird antics we get up to next? It's kind of both. Hmm. Um, it it starts off as a very linear story but then it kind of goes off the rails pretty quickly and you get the impression that it wasn't tiny tina's plan it's like as the dm she rolled really poorly <laughs> and the whole thing went off the rails basically um which is also very dnd-ish and so the story kind of goes from like a very traditional type of a story to something pretty crazy, pretty quick. And it's really interesting because of that. And there's a lot of side quests that are also pretty insane, hmm. but in a really interesting, good way. Like I've been caught off guard. And I mean, Ryan, you know me. I love to try to figure out what the story is going to be and solve the mystery and all that kind of stuff. Like that's how I consume my content and this game has like thrown me for a loop like five or six times now <laughs> where i'm just like wait what okay we're doing that now okay <laughs> so the story because it's changing so often in a totally chaotic manner um is actually been really fun for me which again it feels very D like cool ah well you know it's it wasn't a game that was on sort of my list to, to play i was i was thinking like oh this whole... i was gonna wait for a sale like yeah. honestly i thought i was just gonna wait for a few months and it would either show up on game pass or it would go on sale somewhere or whatever um and i'm really really glad that the community kind of like pushed me in this direction because i haven't enjoyed like i feel like the last time that i had this kind of like not on my radar to having so much fun was like the when I first picked up Zero Dawn. Like I knew nothing about that and then had a great time playing the game. I'm getting those same feelings out of Tiny Tina. Mm, okay. Well, that I might cool. be hyping it up too much. Like Tiny Tina is not going to replace the Horizon series in any way, <laughs> shape or form in my favorite games of all time. I'm just saying like I went from that same amount of knowledge, which was basically nothing into this game that's so freaking fun. I can't believe it wasn't on my radar. Those are the vibes I get. 
Yeah, it, I think for me, like from what I'm hearing, like I've been, I have been playing a lot of Horizon uh, to try to to meet my uh, to catch up so that we can finally talk about it. <laughs> that and I my and I just want to talk about it. And it's been so long. I'm going to forget everything and have to do another playthrough before you actually get to the end. You could probably lap me. Probably. Uh, probably. I'm I. I have been playing a lot of it and I have been sort of drip feeding you texts of like, Oh, this happened, this happened. And you're probably like, yeah, that's great. But, um, and, uh, but, but having played that game, like I'm not necessarily looking for something to distract me from finishing horizon by the end of April so that we, uh, do a spoiler (laughs) cast and, and have even more gamers in episodes after that. Um, but I'm, I'm always, I'm kind of on the lookout for, uh, like a, like a secondary game that is just, just fun. Yeah, I feel like that's what this is. It's like, I want to see the end. I want to play through to the end. The combat is really fun. The stories are really fun. But because the stories, like the overall main quest line is so chaotic, I don't necessarily feel like I can't put it down in the best way possible. Hmm. It's like, because I don't know what's going to happen, I don't feel like I, you know, like like in Mass Effect, where like you had to get to the, the next planet and do the thing, because, you know, otherwise the Reapers were going to kill everybody. Like, there wasn't that sense of urgency, because the story is just, just like, off the rails doesn't even describe it. So, yeah. Yeah. it It's compelling, but not, like, without natural breaks. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not that I'm not having fun with with horizon but i think it's one of those things where it's nice to have that turn off your brain type fun i think horizon's like yeah. i'm constantly having to think of like okay i gotta scan the monster i gotta make sure i have you know uh, i'm not just running into these these fights because i know if i do that depending on the type of of machine it's 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 gonna take me down pretty quick and i'm gonna get frustrated but with it sounds like with tiny tina's wonderland like i could just sort of boot it up play for a half hour to an hour, make some progress, have some fun. It's just explode some things. Exactly. And I, and I, and Borderlands did that too. Like it's not, this is not anything new. It just sounds like it's, um, it's, I never played the DLC sort of, uh, I never played any of the DLC for Borderlands. I own it, but I just never got my characters high enough level to actually jump into the DLC. I know that the, the tiny Tina's D and D game DLC was, was, uh, was later released as a standalone expansion i think it was free on playstation plus for a month um i just never got around to it but this full game i remember when it was announced i was like oh that sounds interesting but it almost seems like too close to borderlands 3 in terms of release like we we waited like six to seven years there was a gap between borderlands that large and then all of a sudden we're now we're back in the territory of getting a new one every two years and it's like that kind of push me away from it a bit but i just based on our conversation i think it's one of those games that uh, i might have to take a second look at and mm-hmm. uh, and and put into rotation i won't i won't play it on playstation because uh because then it'll take over my horizon slot but uh <laughs> see i chose playstation because i'm like the playstation's all set up and ready to go true. with my like super comfy lazy boy armchair so <laughs> yeah, well, that is true yeah <laughs> I had my spot all set, so I was just like, I'm just going to stay here and just going to keep playing on the PlayStation. Sorry, Living Room Xbox. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I I will take a look at it. I, uh, I, I think I'm, you should. I think that you'll like it. Cool. Well, I'll take a look for sure. All right. If you like the content that we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin to support the show like our April patron Will G did. Thank you, Will, so much for the support. 
you will be our patron all month long. And uh, also just at the top of the month, wanted to give a shout out because we have so we have so many patrons, guys. We're all the way through to September now. So again, uh, CRVA TV, Josh Cook, Will P, Paul M, and Matthew W. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Will, we will keep thanking you all month long, but just wanted to give a quick shout out to those of you waiting in the wings. We very much appreciate the support. And if you like, would like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We have some things going on over there, including uh, we're doing a game night on April 29th. So if you are a patron of the gamers in, there's a post up there now. You can let us know if you'll be able to join us and what you might want to play. Uh, we're going to be streaming that over on twitch.tv slash Joss plays. And uh, yeah, we've got some other things in the works. So uh, stay tuned next week for more about both the game night and, uh, and, and something else we're cooking up. So again, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in that brings us to the news this week. Uh, Ryan, did you ever play monkey Island? Not the originals, but uh, I did play the, I don't know if it's, if you're a fan of the originals, you, you just don't speak of the Telltale one. But I did play the Telltale one, the sort of revival they attempted uh, probably a while ago, too. But yeah, I never played the originals, but I know people hold them in very high regard. Yes, they are cult classics. I did not play the originals either, but there is Return to Monkey Island. It's coming out this year. Yeah, yeah, there's a... Surprise! <laughs> this is a surprise announcement. I think there's a lot of uh, chatter on this. So it's being developed by uh, Ron, I think it's Ron Gilbert, who's the original, one of the original co-creators alongside, um, uh, Double Fine's not involved, but Lucas Lucasfilm, uh, LucasArts is involved and uh, it's being published by Devolver Digital. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know the creator, Ron Gilbert, said he would, he would never make another Monkey Island. And uh, sure enough, he's... He's he's making another Monkey Island, so um, it. I, so I, someone threw a lot of money at him. <laughs> yeah, or you know, never say never. Like it's one of those things yeah. where I mean, it's been more than twenty years, right? Because I think the original came out in ninety eight or ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, like it's one of those things where, and it is Ron Gilbert, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it it makes sense to like I think where we're at now with video games and where you can like it doesn't matter like I remember when we started this show like there were AAA games and then there were like indie games like there were mm-hmm. Xbox Arcade there were there were big games and there were small games but now it just it doesn't really matter like looking at Monkey Island and being like yeah let's let's go back like let's let's do a a proper sequel this is a, a, going to be a follow up to you know picking up from where monkey island 2 left off and i think it it just works it makes sense to go back to that game and be like yeah it's been long enough let's do it and and the climate now with video games is like i think any size game works you know uh it 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 doesn't need to be a giant rpg or a small puzzle game like fez it, it can be whatever size it needs to be and i um it's a classic franchise it, it makes sense to to go back to it it's it's awesome that they have the original creators i don't think i don't think you could have you could have like gone back to it without ron gilbert or or um uh what's the double fine guy's name i'm i'm spacing on it uh, i know i'll remember it after we finish recording but <laughs> and i'm like and i know i just saw it hang on uh <laughs> what's his name <laughs> I, th- um, I think it's oh, Dave Grossman. Oh, Dave Grossman. I, I'm, 
I, that's I not think. The, I don't know. It says that's who it was written by the two of them. Okay, then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not Double Fine, <laughs> the guy from Double Fine that did it. It's uh, uh, Tim Schaefer. Maybe he has nothing to do with it. I, I know they they were all from LucasArts games where this game originally, that's why LucasArts is involved because it's, it's technically oh, okay. their property. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, I know like Telltale staff when they made the, the Monkey Island Telltale game, uh, a lot of Telltale staff came from LucasArts games as well. So there was that connection there too. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really neat. It's it's really cool to see this. I know a lot of people are excited about it, uh, about this news. And it, it looks like a true return to the point-and-click adventure as opposed to like the 3D moving around an environment Telltale style game. They're actually going back to that original classic yeah me. and actually i was wrong the secret of monkey island i thought it was 1999 it was 1990 oh. and then the sequel was 91 monkey island 2 lechuck's revenge Ooh. was 1991 so yeah it's been it's been 30 years not 20 years yeah and like what is what is ron gilbert's you know i know he's i know he's been off on his own for a while and I, i'm just trying to remember like what other games did they make like it, it, it like i know he started a while ago and i i, I can't really recall like if he has made it oh t- the, his other game was um was uh thimble thimbleweed park thimbleweed park yeah i remember seeing it i don't think i've ever played it but you know it's really cool that they got him back to uh to do another monkey island i know like i can't wait I, i'm still looking forward to seeing how this is received because people been waiting a long time for it mm-hmm which, which always, you know, like the YouTube comments are overwhelmingly positive, which is not something you always see in YouTube comments. But um, everyone seems really stoked about this news, which does, you know, carry with it the possibility of very high expectations that no game can ever reach. So we'll have to see how it goes. Um, I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, this is pretty cool. And uh, Devolver's been putting out some pretty cool things lately as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, things I'm not going to check out, E3 2022, not happening, which I thought that this had already been canceled, but I guess just the physical version had been canceled and they were maybe thinking of doing a digital version. Um, but now that's off the table too. Yeah. Yeah, so this is... This is one of those things where uh, I think it might have even been leaked like, oh, E3 is going to be canceling everything. And that was right around the time where they said they weren't going to do a physical show. Um, they just hadn't, as you said, confirmed the digital one had been had been shut down. But I think the biggest thing about this is as an official trade show, do they do they like does E3 ever exist again? Does it? And we've had this conversation before of like, does it need to exist? I feel like we had the does E3 need to exist conversation at the last physical one. Yeah. Like pre-COVID, we were having this, do we even need E3 conversation? And then COVID kind of uh, stopped the the physical version anyways. And we did have a digital one, but then it like, especially as um, Summer Games Fest specifically seems to have kind of um, picked up speed over the past few years. And I don't know if it's because like they were already a digital festival or or what, um, if it just because it grew kind of grassroots organically. I'm not sure what the reason is, but it seems like as they've gotten more popular then people and by people, I mean, you know, game devs have started to look at Summer Games Fest and go, maybe I announced there instead of E3, like E3 so old school. 
this is new and shiny. Maybe we go to the new and shiny for a while and see how it goes. And like I said, it's been picking up steam, so it's going well. Um, I wonder if this is just a, a past versus future kind of situation. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at how Jeff Keeley reacted to this news. I think, uh, I mean, he, he likely saw the writing on the wall uh, years ago when he jumped out and, and did his own thing with Summer Games Fest. I think it's it's just one of those things where pandemic it's it's hard to say this but pandemic aside like it was always shifting to the digital and i remember Mm -hmm. when nintendo did their nintendo direct stuff and completely stopped paying for the theater rental for their space yeah (laughs) It, it was just one of those things where everyone was like oh that's crazy and it's like well now everyone's doing it and yes some yeah. companies are still renting the theater and and doing a combination event and it's all live streamed like it, it, you can have both. You can have the physical E3 2023 and 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 still have like a digital event. And I and I think we will we will see that. But E3 might transition to more of like all the stuff that needs to be done in person, like the business deals and and the marketing deals and and more more hardware stuff as opposed to let's just show some trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff that you actually have to put your hands on to be able to tell you know, quality or I don't know, whatever else businessmen look for. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think just, you know, business things <laughs> outside of like how many stock orders of this, of this game do I need? Like the, that's a less interesting side of it. But I think like, you know, from just, uh, there is, there is, uh, there is something about having like hands on with the developers there to be able to have a conversation about like, hey, what's this mean? What, what were you going for with this? Like to be able to write like a more in-depth preview as opposed to having like, well, here's a bunch of demos. Like I think both are really cool and I, I don't necessarily need to go to E3. I remember when I was younger, like, oh yeah, going to E3 sounds fantastic. But now that I think about it, I was like, nah, I'd rather download a demo on my Xbox and, and check it out that way. Like that sounds- Stay in my PJs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not have to- Goes places. <laughs> well, it goes places to where thousands of other, tens of thousands of other people are going to, to try to get in line to play the same game. You know, like that doesn't sound as appealing to me, but you know, if it was truly uh, like an industry event, which I, I think they're moving away from that, they're moving more mm-hmm. towards like selling- tickets to to the public and 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 that is fine i think i know a lot of industry folks don't don't like the idea of that but i think i think with summer games fest i it, it is basically just a a google calendar that jeff Keeley keeps up and running and he does have his own showcase and he'll bring put together his own show but really it is just like a collection of events happening mm-hmm. um, i think he said he's primarily focusing on the month of june so he's trying to he is trying to consolidate trying to rein it in a little (laughs) yeah because i remember previous like last year it was like i feel like last year it just went on forever it was like it started in may and it went till september (laughs) yeah it was very spread out and i think that kind of uh it, it it didn't ruin it but it kind of made it more like Oh yeah, that's right. Everybody has an event, and it's scattered across. Yeah, it the kind summer. of. I feel like it kind of ended at Gamescom, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes. it ran into that. <laughs> yeah, which is in September traditionally. Yeah, he uh, late August. Yeah, late August, and and he Jeff Keeley does usually have his his own show uh, with with Gamescom as well. So it's it's one of those things where I think we'll still see like those bookends of like the month of June having a lot of announcements and then end of August having, you know, Gamescom. Like, I think that will still happen, but it sounds like he's trying to 
kind of make sure things aren't overlapping, but also making sure, you know, the the hype. He's making sure he gets a vacation in July is what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually, that's probably what it is. Like he's getting a Twitter vacation in the month of July so he doesn't have to tweet about all the events that are happening. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all I'm saying. I do that too. That sounds that sounds pretty great. Uh, We talked about it a little bit earlier, but we do have some Xbox Game Pass news. Uh, There are reports that a family plan is coming, which will allow you to add other accounts onto your Game Pass, which is very exciting and is actually something that Nintendo does of all companies, considering how kind of terrible they are at online and multiplayer things. Um, But the one thing that they did get right was letting you buy a family pass for Nintendo so you can have multiple different accounts that all have all of the online access and everything else. And now there's reports that Game Pass is going the same way, which I think is really smart. I mean, I, I would love to just add Matt to my Game Pass and then be done with it. I mean, most of the time he ends up just playing stuff on my account. And then I'm like, you played on my account. (laughs) (laughs) I like things to be separate. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like, I think with uh, with family passes, like there is obviously that conversation of like, oh, let's let's get five, you know, non family members together or split the cost. Like that is obviously one thing that's going to happen. But I think what most of these companies are aiming at are those examples of yourself where it's like you have multiple family members in the house that that play video games they want to have separate collections separate achievement lists separate the, you know. the, the achievements is the big thing honestly <laughs> i can always create a new save but if like i have already unlocked the achievement air quotes then i don't get the like that shot of what is it that chemical that makes you happy is it dopamine yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it, when the little thing pops up and says, ta-da, you, you did, did a it. thing. I don't yeah. have any ta-da's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although if you're an achievement hunter, it's like maybe you're not, you're, you are also looking for that ta-da, but also like, ooh, I, I got a thousand achievement points and I, I all I had to do was let my, uh, let someone else play no, on my phone. those are not earned, Ryan. No, I know that. You can't claim those. <gasps> <laughs> that is true. Scandalous. I know you're not a true achievement hunter. If you're like, no, that's like account share. That's what is it? it would be like in wow, where you're like having somebody else raid. I don't know, raid for you or something, but um, yeah, no, it's a boosting, it, boosting. Is boosting the word you're looking for. I think so. Yeah. Boosting, boosting, account <laughs> boosting. Um, this, this is a, it's one of those things where I think a lot of companies don't look to family plans. They more just like, look the other way like with account sharing like i know netflix and other streaming services have have had to deal with this a lot but yeah i mean like a good example is when we were playing uh, nobody saves the world which did technically have a co-op element and i wanted to play with matt and to have him playing on his pc and me playing downstairs like he had to buy the game it was included in game pass it would have been great if he could have just logged on at the same time yeah yeah i, I think Absolutely. And I, and I think, again, like most people are going to use this as an ability to not have to have multiple subscriptions in order to avoid like the, the shared achievements and, and catalog. And uh, and yes, there will be folks that get five of their friends together and just do like a like a split payment thing. And, and that's something you have to manage on your own. Well, yeah, I think it kind of it depends uh, what kind of controls that they that they put on this. Like if you have a family plan, do you have to only like add one Xbox or something like that? Like, are, do they try to like, um, 
Oh, what's the, oh my God. I feel like I, Ryan, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm losing all my words now. <laughs> it's like I, I'm coming up on 1030. My brain's just melting. Um, yeah, feeling like it might just like tie it to one specific physical location, whether they do that with like IP addresses, Mac addresses, whatever. And just say, if you're not on the same Xbox, then you can't use a family pass. Or if you're not coming from the same IP, you can't use a family pass. Like it depends if, if they choose to lock it down or not. Right. Which they might, they might. I mean, like Netflix is currently facing that, right, where they're trying to kind of claw it back is they let everybody have family passes and they totally knew that people would share, you know, passwords with their friends and family and whatever. And, and you know, that seemed to be all fine and dandy. People did it for years. And now all of a sudden they're starting to say, oh, if you're not in the same household, then it's not going to work anymore. And uh, and people are like, but we've done it for years. <laughs> so it's a whole lot easier to start with something locked down than it is to try to claw it back like Netflix is currently doing and they're getting a lot of flack for. So maybe Xbox will try to do that and kind of learn from Netflix's mistakes. Or maybe they'll look at Netflix and go, no, wait, maybe this isn't the best way to go. Like maybe we do just totally open up and say, hey, you can like activate it on, you know, up to five things at the same time, PCs yeah. or Xboxes or whatever. I mean, Nintendo's is account based, so uh, it can be as many systems as you want. It's it's you add accounts, you add Nintendo accounts. So I imagine yeah. Microsoft will 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 follow that model. The and Nintendo I, model, yeah, yeah. I think the issue with Netflix is like they never really had family plans, but they didn't crack down on right on sign on sharing. Like, yeah, a lot of uh, like now with two factor authentication, like most uh, some some online accounts will use like your email. So basically if they get an unrecognized uh, uh, login or something, yeah. yeah, they'll, they'll send an email to the account holder and be like, Hey, click here to confirm this is you. And, and I can imagine how frustrating that'll be if you are sharing accounts with family members who, who don't live in the same household to be like, Okay, I got a text mom. Did you log into the Netflix? Yes. Okay, click. You're in. You're all good. Oh, a time. <laughs> Ryan, out. I'm so proud of you and your security. I never do that. Well, <laughs> I'm just like, is this you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, to a certain degree, if you see the location, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I know this person. Basically, if I see a location where I know, like, if I see, like, Peterborough, GTA, like, <laughs> anywhere yeah. around London, I'm just like, yeah, these are me. <laughs> yeah, of I am in five different places at once, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, they're not, I, I don't, don't I, I, question I don't. how fast I can travel Netflix. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where I I don't know if Netflix is like legit putting it into their terms of service that we're going to like cancel your account if we like I know there are and I've seen this, you know, with uh, with licensing. You, you've seen it before where uh, if you have an online license and you and it sees you logging in multiple computers at the same time or, or even simultaneously like adobe does this with their creative suite. oh yeah can, adobe is so locked down yeah you can only have it all active on two computers and you have to you know license it or authorize and deauthorize a computer if you want to like move it around and and i mean like that effectively stops you from 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 having multiple people use the same login which makes sense it's a software license but i think with with a streaming service you, you it goes back to the idea of like people are going to do this people are going to you know do the thing where they click on the link saying like yes this is my you know no this is me even though i'm in one city but you're saying <laughs> i'm in another this is me don't worry i'm just going to click these links sight and seeing because i know it's mom trying to get into to netflix but i think like 
you got to give people, if you're going to start taking that away, like and make it difficult and give people hoops or, or even punishing people for doing that, you do need to put in place the ability to let me pay you, not like double, but like some, some more money so that I can have a family plan. I think that's where family plans come into place. And it's like, it's so funny that this news kind of like leaked um, the same week that we got the PlayStation Plus news, like the revamp mm-hmm. of that system which had no family plan listed. And I think as we, uh, like, I know when, for me, like, I'm going to end up having to get it. I know once the kids get older, like, I'm already experiencing it with, you know, their their Android tablets with uh, with with stuff. Like, we're, we're going to get to a point where they're going to want their own accounts. They're going to want to play their own games. And uh, we're, we're probably going to need a family account for, for some of these services. And it will come down to when when we decide like, okay, like what systems do we have? What, what games do we play? Like it'll, it'll make my choice a lot easier if there are family plans. Mm-hmm. It just gives you more options, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. More options is always a good thing. So uh, once we actually get confirmation of this news, we will let you guys know for now it's just reports, but we hope you enjoyed this episode of the gamers. In if you'd like to continue the conversation, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI discord. You can join in the conversations about what we've talked about, what we're playing and also get a sneak peek at some of the stuff that's coming up for uh, everybody and also our patrons. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joss Plays. I forgot my own name there for a second. You can follow Ryan, who's at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>